Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The passion for the world's beautiful game has never been stronger. And now there is one place to get all your insight, analysis, and hot topic discussion. Especially if you're a fan of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy, or their heated rival, LAFC. It's time to roll out the ball and kick things off here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy and soccer broadcast veteran Mark Rogandino. It is rivalry week in Major League Soccer, and that means there is so much to talk about here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Mark Rogandino here with you, along with my partner here on Believe, none other than former MLS goalkeeper Dan Kennedy. And we always like to throw a little wrinkle in the pod here, so we change it up this week and immediately welcome in a former Cal Golden Bear, former Chicago Fire, former Houston Dynamo, but now lighting up the screens across America as one of the voices of MajorLeagueSoccer.com. It's none other than Kalen Carr joining us here on Believe Sports Podcast Network. Good to have you, my man, and a chance to catch up and talk some footy. Oh, man, you're too kind. But you, you did miss the most important part of my resume, former <laughs> teammate with Dan Kennedy for the Orange County Blues. <laughs> That's right. The, That's the, weird because I asked some Orange County Blue Star, and I asked Dan for your whole bio, and he did not even mention that. So obviously <laughs> he's forgotten already. Amnesia, dude. Oh, no. Amnesia. That hurts, man. That hurts. I should have been had a lot of glory same, since, uh, uh, Yeah, know. I should have been wearing the same headpiece that Kalen was wearing at the end of his career. We will. Uh, we'll have to dive into a Dan Kennedy, Kalen Carr, uh, Orange County Blue Star story a little bit later on uh, here on the pod, but. Uh, you know, I guess first off the top, Kalen, tell us um, about the transition. It's been a few years for you now, but going from a guy who was putting the ball in the back of the net to talking about guys putting the ball in the back of the net. Well, I technically haven't actually retired. I haven't done the social media posts uh, or any of that stuff. <laughs> Who's got your rights? Who has your rights? <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know at this point. I'm playing men's league here in uh, in Chinatown in Manhattan, so I've got a good I have a pretty good squad here now, too. We have, uh, well, we have Stephen Keel, Nicholas Gendarian, a bunch uh, of guys that work at the league. We formed the team. But, uh, um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool working now on the other side of things and staying involved on the media side and um, getting to hop on podcasts with you guys, see friends, travel around, and just basically stay involved in the game. Although sometimes when I watch MLS now, I'm like, is this the same league we played in, DK? I, I don't even 100%, know. 100%, man. 100%. I was just – I always – try to catch the games live definitely the galaxy lafc games and the weekends and when i pre- when i prep for the podcast i end up going across the league and 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 watching all the highlights and i'm like man seems a little bit faster than i remember and the quality seems a little bit higher and dude i mean i've only been got done this is the third season i've been done not like yeah. it's been a long time no, no, but I mean, I think with expansion, you look at like Atlanta United or you watch some of the players that are in MLS now. And I'm like, Miguel Almiron, what would that be like up close and personal? I'm not sure. I'm not sure I saw anything like that before. Well, listen, well, dude, I, was, I was on the wrong side of a lot of games. I, I would not have wanted to play against that United team. Atlanta United team. You guys mean that that there is actually a difference uh, when you're talking about quality uh, Latin talents? I mean, both of you guys probably laced it up against uh, Cuauhtémoc Blanco. Uh, Almiron Blanco. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm doing Blanco's Blanco was sick, uh, but he not as dynamic. <laughs> Rogues. Maybe not, <laughs> not quite not, as not quick. As, that first tasty. that first step was not as tasty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I played with him in Chicago, and he was not in the gym a lot. But I tell you what, with the ball, he was uh, he was pretty magic. Yeah. Let's uh let's zero in on the teams a little bit. Of course, this is a place to come. Everything to talk about LAFC, LA Galaxy. Um, here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. And, and Kalen, you get an opportunity to see the league, you know, in a little different perspective, a little different lens than maybe, say, Dan and I, who are, who are knee-deep in it here in Southern California. When you look at a, a broader picture, what surprises you about what LAFC has done? And you could also use the word surprise when you talk about how there's been a resurgence for the LA Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this year has been the story of, uh, has been Los Angeles. So you guys are, you know, placed in the right place to, to talk about soccer this year, just because LAFC, what they've done has been phenomenal. When you look at MLS overall, I mean, the league is basically built on parity. It's designed to be close throughout. So when you look at the log jam between second and eighth or ninth, even everything is still to play for. And nobody is really safe on almost either side of the bracket. So then LAFC being, I think, maybe 15 points clear right now heading into their match against uh, San Jose, like, that goes against the design of the way this is supposed to work, which right. is really just a testament to Bob Bradley and John Thorrington and the team that they put together. It, it's it's crazy because you talk about parity in this league, and with the exception of LAFC, you, you are seeing that though. Especially when you look at, say, in the West, the battle between for those those two through seven spots. You can take it all the way down to two through tenth, probably right now in the West, and then in the East, you go from top to bottom, and, and it's a ten point differential between say first and seventh. Yeah, no, it's insane. On in the West, I'm looking right now, it's five points from the two seed to the eighth, <laughs> which <laughs> is two matches. And then in the East, we've got maybe, uh, there's, a, there's a little bit more of a top three, but it's, it's just really, really tight still. Like 38, 35, 34, 34. I mean, Toronto at the bottom, ninth with 34, but they're not far out either. So uh, I don't know. Like, that's part of the excitement of it, why this last stretch is always so important in MLS. Um, Dan, I know you, you'll agree. We, we were talking about it last week. Uh, we took a week off from the podcast, folks, just to give you a little bit of breathing room and get you ramped up for rivalry week here. Get you hyped up for rivalry week here in Major League <laughs> Soccer. Um, but a big win for LAFC, you guys, heading out to, to Real Salt Lake. And I say that because RSL, yes, the, the, the turmoil of parting ways with Mike Petkey, but also it's also a team, though, that I feel is on the rise and evident by how successful they've been at home at Rio Tinto this, this season. And, and from my take, the game starts off. Nick Ramondo's being Nick Ramondo, pulls out a couple crazy saves. Diamande was actually better than I've seen him all season, but he's still hitting the post. He couldn't convert goal line clearance. Um, and then Zimmerman gets the red card, and I was going, uh-oh, what's going on here? You and everybody else, I think, LA, was thinking the LA, exact. LAFC is going to slip up here, and um, sure enough, no problem. Deal with it, and and this is just like you, you've seen teams come out gangbusters in this league before, but at some point they falter or or they lose the momentum. And to me, it was, it's just another game that they're on the road. They're up against it. 
and and two nothing they walk away winners against some adversity and um i i think i mean caitlin brought it up they're 13 points ahead in the supporter shield race i mean that that that's locked that's locked up I, um now oh, it's, you heard I'll, it here first breaking news yeah, alert right here yeah. you heard it here <laughs> i don't think it's breaking news buddy but uh <laughs> now it's like okay well how do you keep this how do you keep this going how do you keep that much momentum when you can get that comfortable and and then they'll, they'll let themselves down if they don't win an mls cup yeah you worry a little bit about peaking too early and they've been able to do it pretty consistently throughout um and, and even on days that maybe weren't their best days where Walker makes a little bit of a mistake there, puts himself in danger when he doesn't really need to playing on a yellow to start the half. But even on their bad days, to be honest, I thought they were not at their best against New England. They run away with that one. Uh, Then against the Red Bulls, the Red Bulls give them their best game. I think Bob Bradley said at halftime, it was the best press that he'd seen from the Red Bulls all year. And that was just to get even at halftime. And then in the second half, the quality came through from LAFC and then down a man on the road at altitude against Romando. They continue to find a way to just get that right pass through to draw a penalty. And Diamande, I agree. Even if he wasn't at his best and finishing all of his chances, he was, he did enough to get it done. So yeah, uh, I mean, he, he I, I was really still, still, like still super influential in the game. Even oh, if yeah. Even oh, if yeah. he wasn't. Oh, yeah. And I think I think if you're uh, you know if you're the rest of the league, you know about Rossi, you know about uh, Carlos Vela, but all of a sudden, and Diamande made quite a splash when he came into this league a year ago, but he's been pretty quiet for the most part this season. But now all of a sudden, you're the rest of the league, and you're like, oh, they have a third piece of that attack up front. If, if Diamande gets revving, I mean, I think he's gotten that's uh, eight goals now on the season for him, but he's scored three or four in the last month already and I mean, he 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 could have had a hat trick against salt lake if if he was a little bit more fortunate yeah and and i you know i've i've challenged uh the the lineups for lafc just saying hey put lee win up top like this guy's so good to me they don't need a number nine if if, if the number nine isn't performing but i would say diamande uh put a bit of a stamp on it and he he was a he was a beast and he you know where he he looked really good running with the ball um, from 30, 35 yards out. And, uh, yeah, to your point, Rose, if they get this guy, if they unlock this guy for a, a little bit, it, they're going to be even more dangerous. Kaylin and Dan, the one thing I will say, uh, just to counter your guys' point about worrying about uh, peaking too early, I think that was what happened to LAFC somewhat in their first season. And if you if you listen to some of the comments, maybe read, read between the lines a little bit with some of the things that these guys are saying after games like this, clinching a playoff spot already with with nine games still to go uh, this season, is that they know what happened last year and that they didn't take care of business hosting a playoff game at home against, ironically, Real Salt Lake, um, and that that they are hungrier to make sure they take it at least, you know, a couple steps further, obviously hoping for an MLS cup and to host it at home at the bank of California stadium. But I will say they think, I think they know what happened last year and they want to do everything they can to avoid that. I'd agree with that. I don't think it's that easy. You know what I mean? Of course. Uh, I, 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 the, the, that's the challenge is like, okay, we, we, every single week. And and this is, uh, Kalen knows this. You, Kalen, you played for Bob. No, uh, no, no. Okay, well, but he did. But he he's the only one of us that did make a run to an MLS Cup. So yeah, we, that's right. That's right. That's true. 
<laughs> I, I mean, this is actually a, a great uh, um, trivia question. I never played an MLS uh, playoff game. <laughs> uh, are you <laughs> no. crazy? <laughs> crazy man. Yeah. I, I was wow. hurt. I was hurt. <laughs> I was hurt in Dallas, and I was not playing when I was at the Galaxy, and I got red carded. Uh, when the Chivas, I, I played my final regular season match with the Chivas uh, the year that we made the playoffs, and I got red carded in the final match, and we went out in the first round. <laughs> who had who had to step wow. in and replace Zach, you? Who had to step in and mama. replace you? Big Mama, Zach Thornton. Zach Thornton, love that guy. Yeah, yeah, legend, um, legend. But that, yeah, that's to me, that's the hard, the hardest thing is 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 keeping that focus i i don't doubt it bob and the crew can can get it done but uh it's going to be an interesting thing especially if they you know last four games last three games of the regular season for lafc aren't going to mean much and do you protect players you know how do you how do you keep pushing the group yeah i think it's it's just going to be interesting to see play out yeah, Dan, I agree, and you think a team has to go through these sort of steps and get over these hurdles as a club, and this is still a, a pretty new club, but when you look at the formula, you don't have to look too far back to Atlanta United to see how they had to kind of go through those exact same steps where right. year one, they came out, they were an exciting team, scored a bunch of goals, you know, really were the story of the year, but then they get to the first round of the playoffs they get their home game 70,000 you think it's going to be a foregone conclusion playing against Columbus crew and they lose in penalties and it's a pretty similar story with what LAFC did last year as far as really kind of taking the league by storm or really showing promise and then having that first knockout so year two the growth from Atlanta United a little bit of that playoff sweat you get that disappointment you come back the next year you're a better team for it LAFC have gone through that same hard lesson now we just have to see if they can continue that same next step in their progression which it show it looks like they're doing lafc obviously would love to hoist their first ever mls cup trophy but let's go over to the team that has hoisted it five times in their crosstown rival in the la galaxy we'll talk about the matchup between those two teams in just a moment here on believe but but caitlin when you look at the galaxy how do you think they're feeling number one with lafc taking some of the spotlight but Number two, they're not used to being the team that's trying to chase up the standings. Usually they're one of the teams at the top looking down at a lot of other teams, I feel like. I I agree, but to me, I still, it it sounds crazy to say, but I still feel like the Galaxy in this matchup are the favorites. Um, And and it's hard to say, and it goes against kind of conventional logic when you look at the form of both teams. But I think one of those hurdles that's in front of LAFC still is getting that first win against the Galaxy and the mental edge that comes It's so true. It's so true. There's something about the Galaxy, just the kit or the jersey or the history (laughs) and the personalities. Trust me, I know because I've played against them. But you mentioned the finals, but both times didn't go well for us. So I think they still have that belief and psychological edge that uh, still makes the Galaxy the Galaxy and having – Ibrahimovic on on top of it all seems to to be a big part of that. Well, you, the, say, the, you said you you said Ibrahimovic, but I thought you were going to say alluding back to your Houston Dynamo days. I thought you were going to say Dominic Kinnear because now he joined him. <laughs> well, he's gone to the dark side. If you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> what a legend! Hey, I, lo- I, I love that dude. That dude's yeah. a legend for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's a legend. Yeah. Well, Rogues, what a what a. I mean, Kalen, how how lucky are we? This the transition. Rogues just went from LAFC to LA Galaxy was gold. Um, yeah. 
but it, you know, segway, I, the, professional for, for me, announcer, for me, segway. segway, sick. I mean, I'm worshiping you right now. Um, <laughs> it, it, Galaxy have the motivation that they show when they play this LAFC team. They they don't they don't have the same urgency or discipline or commitment in any other game. And that's when 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 uh, LAFC was at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park this um, earlier this year, last month, and 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 Carlos Vela scores a penalty. I'm like, oh, this could be a romp. Could be a romp. And man, this team, the Galaxy team, responded. Um, the only thing going against them is is a it, they had Galaxy had that warm up game last night against the uh, against Cruz Azul, um, but. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. Well, let me let me ask you first. Uh, and each of you can respond. What, what do you think? It's probably in the rearview mirror now. But what, what do you think uh, the Galaxy and their and their players feel like following the two two results against Seattle over the weekend? Because in the first half, with Stairs getting the red card, you probably could have said, "Oh gosh, we would love Same. to just get out of here with a point, right?" But yeah. then the fact is, is they're winning two one playing with 10 men into the final 10 minutes and it's an own goal of all things that well, delivers the tie. And, and I mean, I've, I've watched every minute of this team season um, and watched how far they've come when you compare it to last year. But the one like this was up until the 87th minute, this was David Bingham's best game. And then comes out miscommunication tries to poorly tries to clear a ball and Shelvick is just wrong place, wrong time. But Shelvick was the one that got stuck inside on the first goal and wasn't tracking his runner. And it just made, it just highlighted the fact that this guy's not a defender, man. He, he, he's a midfielder and they try to make him force him into a left back. And, and he doesn't have the, the, uh, the experience or, or instinct as, as a defender to go track a runner. Like who's the most, who's the most dangerous guy in the box. Um, and it just highlights it. This is, this is their weakness, man. They're, they're back for David. David's just been a little bit inconsistent, uh, come up with some big saves and just let a loopy one in and they should have walked away with three points. And that I told you last week, rogues, the get the galaxy, uh, this three game stretch, they go Seattle, LAFC, Seattle, they have to get four points and they should have gotten three there and they would have been, you know, house's money almost. Uh, but now this LAFC game starts to look uh, a, a bit daunting, and there will be pressure on the Galaxy. Kalen, what are you seeing? Well, yeah, I agree. And when, when I've seen the Galaxy in trouble, it, it seems to be that they get into these uh, open matches and get stretched, and that's where you see the back line start to get isolated and get a little bit all over the place. Um, and in the games against San Jose, or San Jose really started going end-to-end. That's not the type of game I think suits the Galaxy. If they get compact behind the ball, defend in blocks, and then try and find their opportunities going forward, namely through launching balls in the box and, and using their size and, and physicality, uh, that's where I've seen them be a little bit more successful. So trying to get into an open match with LAFC, hasn't worked for really any team and the teams that we've seen <laughs> be successful in one off at, at any measure have been when maybe Portland has come back and try to defend and counter and, and try and find some space behind 
I think that's really the only way forward for the Galaxy in this one is to really try and be compact as opposed to trying to really let this game get stretched. He's, he's DK, not wrong. He's not DK, wrong. You, you said that, that Steris has been the most consistent defender for them all season. Yeah. Uh, he gets the first half red card against Seattle on the weekend, so he will not be in this right. game coming right. up on the weekend. In your mind, how big of a factor is that, or is it not at all? Well, I, I think to to Kalen's point, if they're going to have a chance in this game, they're going to have to sit a little bit uh, and be opportunistic when they go forward. So it's going to be a factor because st- the one thing that like this guy stares, his timing in, in in the box is unreal, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. But he's really good on set pieces. He's really good on one 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 v one defending. Uh, so you, you you all these little you know set. All set pieces, corner kicks, they start to add up. And when you don't have your best ball winner in there, it's going to hurt you. Um, so it, I, I would I'm, I would be concerned about it for sure, because I, I think he's he's the guy that that's held the back line. Um, it, it, in in the best games that they've played, he's been holding it together. And you said also said, you know, Ken uh, Gonzalez and Polenta, can those two as you've said, the weakness is, is across their back four. Can those right. two hold well, the most le- lethal attack in, attack in Major League Soccer? Can they hold them to, say, two goals or less in a game? Yeah, right. And the biggest thing is, is Galaxy don't have a left back. That's And so Polenta in a, in a pinch can play a left and play on the left side. And he did against LAFC the last time they played, and he did a pretty darn good job, even though he's not a traditional left back. So now who's who's playing left back? Well, Shelvick. Well, he's not a true left back. He'll get if if Carlos Vela just goes and stands on his shoulder all game, he'll get eaten up. So uh, it, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to play some um, cover defense and make sure that whoever's in that left back position they're they're sliding over and they're supporting. Yeah, I think I think some of it's gonna come down to just that center midfield battle because. I think if it gets to that point where you get Carlos Vela one-on-one with an outside back or or in behind, it's almost too late. So trying to win that battle with Jonah Dos Santos, trying to really clog up space and not allow service or distribution from Kay and Atuesta and Blessing, that that's going to be a huge point for the Galaxy to try and stop the problem from happening before it gets there because once it gets into those situations where fellas in those in-between spaces either inside of the left back or or bouncing out a little bit wide it's pretty hard to defend mm-hmm. it's all part of a uh, really good slate of games uh, for rivalry week th- this week here in major league soccer so you know dan kennedy and i kaylin have uh, have been just loading up people's pockets with money with our predictions for about 23 <laughs> 23 weeks now we like to add we That's like to add generous. a little We'd like to add a little, a little action, a little bit of an edge here on um, on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. So we so we throw out some predictions, and obviously with this marquee matchup, we've got to have a celebrity prediction. So we'll start, I'll start oh, with boy. you, Kalen. I'll start with you. Uh, what do you see happening in this game uh, on the weekend at Bank of California Stadium and a score? Well, the funny part is that I just went and said I think the Galaxy might be the favorite, which is crazy. <laughs> but uh, I'm taking LAFC in this one. <laughs> I'm taking LAFC. I think it's going to be I, – I, with these matches, honestly, there always seems to be goals. So I, I think LAFC will eventually get uh, three in this one, the Galaxy maybe two. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this one. But I think this is going to be um, kind of a, a, a point for the – for LAFC to get over this hurdle 
I think it's going to give them a lot of confidence that they can beat the Galaxy in this game to feel more. Uh, this is essentially like a one-off. It feels like it'll have that atmosphere. It'll feel like a playoff game. That's what derby matches are like. So I think this this could be the big moment for them to get over that sort of mental hurdle going into the playoffs. DK, you heard it. So that he's saying three two at three two LAFC, Ooh. which ironically is the exact same scoreline the teams played to a little more than a month ago at Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, what say you, Keep? Well, I'm not feeling good about this one, bud. Um, I, uh, I, you know, the Galaxy have had they they've they've captured something, but this this LAFC team just keeps trucking, and and I I do think that they're they're head and shoulders above any team in Major League Soccer right now. Um, so I, I'm taking LAFC at the bank three to one. Uh, that's, that's what I think the, the scoreline will be. <clears throat> so we've got two votes for the black and gold to win this game, which would be as, as Kalen alluded to their first ever against the galaxy. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay in that same vein. Uh, but I think something special is Sur- coming. Surprise, surprise. Oh, <laughs> come on, bro. I think come something's, on. I think something special is <laughs> coming. So, Give uh, me break. You make me I- sick. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna call it a four nothing LAFC win. Get out of here! Wow. Four nothing LAFC. Wow. There is goal. There is goals in this game, but they only come from one side. And um, <laughs> hey, hey, I have I because the team has only lost three times this year, DK. I don't think I've been wrong too many times. It's been yeah, quite a run. Yeah, it's been quite a run through. We, we need a side wager on this one. Give, so you're <laughs> give, you're you're willing to give me two goals. You're willing to give me two goals. I'll take the galaxy. Well, if you actually go and you look at the official Vegas lines, you could t- you could take for better for a better price. You could take LAFC minus one and a half. Yes, meaning they would have to win by two goals. I will take I will take that for a six pack of your favorite beer. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. I will take that. Oh, duels. Uh, this is my type of bet. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you want some action, Kaylee? You want some action? I'll send it out. I'll send it out to Manhattan. All right, you're uh, on, bro. I just want to. I just want to drink with whoever wins. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. We can arrange that. We can arrange that. Um, uh, you know, but before LAFC gets into that game on the weekend, they do play San Jose tonight uh, here in a Tricky. midweek affair. Tricky. A little bit. Of, yeah, a little bit of a, a Cali Classico um, with now the several teams in California. And it's also part of an interfaith night, which kind of brings you into the fold. Kalen, uh, I know you had a chance, what was it, about a month ago to join four of the LAFC players and talk about uh, their faith and how they deal with Ramadan and balancing that, their faith, with also being professional players. Yeah, no, it was was really cool to go out there. And, you know, Dan, you you played with a bunch of Muslim guys as well. I, I played with a bunch. And I was always sort of, fascinated with how you could fast and play professional soccer because I was just struggling to get through the Houston heat uh, myself yeah Um, and I wanted to learn a little bit more about all right well what's the beyond just the fasting what are some of the ideas around it and what is this experience like overall so um, we came to LASC with the show the movement I do on YouTube for MLS and we spent a bunch of time with uh, Mohamed El Munir and then spoke to Bob Bradley and Zaki Abdel about their time coaching in the, in Egypt with the national team and coaching Mo Salah and how that experience was like or how that informed their coaching style or the, uh, the setup that LAFC has during Ramadan to really help these players um, get the best out of them. So it was Latif Blessing and Diamande as well. So it, it was pretty cool to go check out. And the coolest part was we went to this place, the Islamic Center, downtown LA with uh, El Munir and a bunch of these kids saw him and like freaked out and were like 
oh man are you a soccer player you play for LNC? <laughs> it was really really cool uh and kids are so honest they were just like are you any good like are you any good <laughs> and mo was so <laughs> gracious he was just like he's like oh you guys should come to a game and decide and so the cool part is, is for this interfaith night the club followed up and connected with uh the islamic center and now like a whole bunch of those kids are going to be at the match tonight against uh san jose so they're gonna get a chance to you know decide once and for all who's good who's not good and take in the 32 52 and really i think experience professional soccer in in la so i'm pretty hyped up about that it's actually unfortunate though that you know that uh el munir will not have the opportunity obviously recovering from the uh uh, zygomatic arc fracture he, he received in the game against the Galaxy a few weeks back. But when you look at, you said you talked to Bob, you talked to goalkeeper coach uh, Zach Abdel. What what type of things did they tell you as far as do they have to taper off certain things during that time for, for those players in order to continue to be able to train at a high level? Because it's got to take a tax on your body when you're fasting during the sunlight hours. Yeah, well, I mean, this goes back to the point I was talking about as far as you know, the league and how it's changed over time, but the, just looking with the sports science that LAFG has and, and a lot of these teams, but we met with their performance director to talk about how they prepare, but they have a hydration plan, meal plan, everything. And they adjust it specifically for these players um, to be able to get the best out of them. But then a part of it really was just about saying that the, the mental strength and um, belief that these guys have with their faith um it's really what's driving them through. And it was partly to understand from what I learned was to understand what it's like for people who don't have food or don't have uh, water, or don't have some of the things that um, a lot of us do, or especially as professional athletes, that support system. So um, the values and messages behind it is a lot of what we ended up talking about in the piece. And really for me, it was a little bit of understanding of like, Dan, you know how tight the margins are in MLS, especially in close matches or, um, in, in the best teams, they usually find a way to have some kind, type of like deeper understanding or spirit within them. So to have the to see how Bob and the whole team was kind of coming around these guys during this time in, of Ramadan um, gave me a little bit of insight into maybe why this team is really so special or uh, what's so special about this team as, as far as their um, belief in each other and support. Yeah, it's always the, the, the chicken and the egg on when a team starts winning and you feel like they're building something special and you see the camaraderie amongst the guys. It's like, what 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 came first? Was it the culture or was it the winning that created that culture? And I, I definitely I'm of the belief that, you know, the culture is created on its own with the guys in the locker room. Now, that culture can be. um highlighted or it can grow significantly if you start winning right and it can become it can it can become contagious um and these guys i don't know when you watch them play you watch them score some goals together you watch them walk off the field together celebrate with their fans you're like man that looks like a pretty pretty fun locker room and then you go and dig in behind the scenes and you see the piece that you did and you're like man yeah these guys these guys are onto something they got each other's backs and it's these little uh these little stories, I, man, I, I can't, I, I can't stay away from the fridge for you know three hours. I don't know the, the commitment, the sacrifice these guys <laughs> make, let let alone uh, let alone perform at the level that they perform at while they're going through it. It's um, yeah, it's pretty impressive, pretty inspirational. So give our listeners the de- give our listeners the details again, Kalen. It's a uh, part of your show, the the movement on YouTube TV. Where can they catch it all? 
Yeah, check it out on YouTube. If you go to MLS's YouTube page, we have a playlist for called The Movement, which will take you through all three seasons. This is season four now, so we've gone to pretty much every market um, across the U.S. and Canada and even beyond to look at a lot of stories of soccer culture. Um, and so, yeah, the LAFC one is our latest one. It's called Being Muslim in MLS. So I'd love it for uh, people to check it out. And then if you feel like it, you know, go to the fridge like DK, grab a beer or a burger <laughs> or whatever you want and just set up shop and binge watch the whole thing. Yeah, we got and, – and it's only – it's a 20-minute show, and we'll uh, we'll have a link in our uh, in our social for it. Cool. Kaylin, always appreciate you checking in with us, stopping by. Uh, next time, let's get you out here on the West Coast. We'll have that beer all together and uh, and maybe take in a game either at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park or, or out of Bank of California Stadium. It could be a fun night. Absolutely. Let's do it, baby. get sent out there for the playoffs. So let's make there it you go. Playoffs? Playoffs. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I, guess we'll, I guess we'll see you at an MLS Cup final then out here in uh, Bank of California Stadium. Hey. I wouldn't right. be mad at that. I'll tell you Let's what. not get ahead of ourselves, yeah, right? Take it easy. Take, <laughs> take it easy. Deep breath take there over there. Take a deep breath, big guy. That's Caleb. Uh, yeah, that's for nothing. He's, he's excited. He's hyped. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to circle back around on social with you guys. It's going to be either great or it's just going to be me pulling my foot out of my mouth. Want <laughs> <laughs> to be that's- the first time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's Caitlin Carr, everybody. You can uh, you can catch him on uh, MLSsoccer.com as well. Always putting in some good work out there at the MLS offices. And uh, we hope to have you back real soon here on Believe Sports Podcast Network, brother. Cool. Thanks so much, fellas. Thanks, buddy. Always good to have a special guest pop on here with us, DK. Uh, do you remember Kalen Carr's hair? Do you remember that? We didn't even get no, to get, get into that with him, but it's, the, it's the dude flowing, had some flowing <laughs> curls. And I just he was so him. fast, dude. The guy's like a gazelle. He I just, just remember him wearing that headband, though. You remember the headband, and he had yeah. like his hair coming straight up. It was yeah. almost like a an ode to to the Will Smith days, you know? Yeah. yeah, dude had dude had some serious pace. Do you do you actually remember the Orange County Blue Stars days together? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a long time ago, buddy. That's about uh, 20 years ago. Um, yeah, and 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 we just had a sick like it was we, our our squad was so so good. Um, it was me and Gold, Jordan Harvey, left back, um, couple UCLA center backs, uh, and then I mean we had Tony Lockett on that team as well. Um, Robbie Rogers, Matt Taylor, um, Maddie Taylor, Maddie, Maddie T dude, just, just hustling and bustling up top. Um, I mean, the team was just stacked. If I, if I spent a lot of time on it, I could, I could pull out there. There's a, it, it could have been a, you know, the, the, this, if, if it would have happened today, this would have been a really good, uh, like USL U- team of a bunch USL of 20 year, yeah, of a bunch of 20 year olds, you know, that would be taking the next step to their, their club teams. Was this before uh, or after you went to South America to play? This was, this was, so this was like a spring, spring league for us while we were in college. So it was the best players from, um, maybe Cal State Fullerton, UCI, UCLA, UCSB and, and Berkeley. And that's what, that's what tied it all together. So you had Eric Ebert from Berkeley and um, I wonder if Mikey Munoz played with us for a little bit. It was just a solid team. You know, the statute of limitations on, on playing for that team has run out. So was anybody getting paid? No one was getting paid, but we had it. I mean, it, the, the Tesla family who sponsored the orange County blue stars took care of us in terms of travel and hotels and, uh, and and meals and yeah it wasn't a 
wasn't a pay to play. That would be an NCAA play. violation, Dan. I know. Yeah, and and that's why we were in. Uh, we were we were not violating. I, hey, I I said the statute of limitations has run out there. I mean, hey, I, I, wish, remember, I wish we were getting paid. I, I remember when I was playing at uh, Santa Barbara City College, and then I'd play in the what was oh, the called the, Cent- the, yeah, Central yeah. Co- the, the Central Coast the Central Coast League, and um, oh, and, and, and no, I wasn't getting paid either because I was never worth that much. But I was so happy when I got the they bought me two or three oh, pairs of the, of the of the Tony Miola gloves, the Royce oh, yeah. Tony Miola gloves. Exactly. I was like, new gloves, fine. I'll play for you guys every Sunday. No big deal, you know. Exactly. Uh, Durango was my club, by the way, all the way to the Central Coast League final at Dwight Murphy Stadium. If yeah. anybody out there knows that, you really know something about soccer on the West Coast. Um, hey, before LAFC can get to the matchup with the Galaxy on the weekend, and you, you kind of threw that comment in there saying it's a tricky game uh, facing off against the San Jose Earthquakes tonight. It'll be the second meeting between the two teams, and LAFC whooped up on them up there at uh, – um, Adavaya back in late March. That was early on in the season, and Matias Almeida's team is very different now. It's a different squad. I mean, I I, I really was looking at it, going, okay. I, I knew since he was going to be a disaster, and I thought that uh, I I thought that San Jose was going to be a disaster this year. Me too. And the, after the opening six or seven games, I was like, see, see, <laughs> see, and uh, this team is uh, settled into and embraced Almeida's um, philosophy of, of pressure and disruption. Um, I think this, you know, you play this style of soccer over the course of a season, you get run down a little bit and you're going to, you're going to have some lower performances, but I think they'll be up for this game. And I think this is a tricky one. Um, and I wonder, I just wonder rogues if LAFC don't have one eye on the LA galaxy game. I no, wonder, it's I, honest. I, you know, I, I, I just think about, I mean, this is a big game. You're missing Walker Zimmerman um, tonight. And guys, you know, maybe have a knock from the Salt Lake game. Maybe they don't play tonight because they've got an eye on the weekend. And I think this is going to be a 2-2 draw. I don't think you're far off, I'm on, to be honest. The only thing that I will say, two things. First of all, how fortunate is it for LAFC that they have a midweek game so that Walker is available against the Galaxy, Galaxy on the I weekend, know. right? Yes. I mean— I, I I think, you know, Walker was probably more mad at himself than anybody for getting that second yellow and getting right. thrown out early in the second half against Salt right. Lake. Um, but they need, but they need him to match up with, with Ibra. Without question. Without question. They need him. And I think that Bob Bradley, we'll wait and see, but I think in that game on the weekend against the Galaxy, I think that he will employ – uh, Walker in a much different fashion, more almost more so like man on man, man following Why following not? Zlatan everywhere he's gonna get go. His, get try to get in his head, man. He, he, he cause, he's because Ibra's Ibra's actually proven that if you can get in his head, um, he'll do something. He'll do something foolish. Um, but back to the San Jose game. The only the other thing that I think favors LAFC is they have shown depth, uh, and and yeah. they also. They, but they also are so darn good at home, and the fact that they're having this match at home and then the match at home on the weekend. But I agree with you. You could you could throw out trap game when talking about the San Jose game. I I mean, they're ten they're ten zero and one at home, and uh, if if I'm just betting betting the odds, um, I would bet that they win. But uh, I just think it's a it's a tricky match. San Jose. But if you're saying if you're saying they have something to prove, man, they they got whooped on by LAFC earlier this season. 
But if you're saying, hey, can't think about the weekend yet because you still have this game in front of you against San Jose, isn't Bob Bradley and his staff saying the oh, same yes. thing? Oh, yes. It doesn't matter, dude. It does not matter. There's, uh, it's just a, it's a, it's for the guys that are playing, who, has, who is one yellow card away from missing a game? If Are they starting? It's Mark, Anthony K, Mark Anthony it, K is one of those guys. It's in the back of his head, like, damn, I don't want to miss that game this weekend. Um, you know, there's just little things like that. And, and you can, you address it as a coaching staff for sure. But like, a, like we spoke about with, with Kalen and how they, how they drive through the late part of the season, it's just going to be interesting. You can address it all you want. It's just a tricky, tricky thing to navigate. I can't go safe and say a two-two draw like you because that's just not safe. in my nature. Safe, so that's a risk. I, no, buddy. Well, no, but then I, I can't win or lose anything in our overall. Yeah, you know. So I'm going to say LAFC two-one winners. I'm going to say they find a way two-one winners at home uh, to get the win tonight, and then obviously get ready for the weekend. And that brings us to as we wrap it up, wild card picks. Uh, you've actually been pretty good of late. I think you, I think the last couple of weeks you've been spot on with the team you've picked to to win some games outside of the Galaxy and LAFC. Is there one matchup you're telling our listeners you might want to throw a couple of bucks on this one? Well, and you know this may or may not uh, come as come as a surprise to you, but N- NYCFC are hosting Columbus Crew okay. uh, tonight, and Columbus. Has, they they look like a team that's lost their way, man. Um, a lot of arms going up in the air when goals are getting scored against them. This NYCFC team is is heating up, and and they're pretty darn good. They've been on a great they, they've had a great run of form. Um, so I like NYCFC three one. I don't think that's uh I don't think that's probably too far off. Yeah, Columbus has certainly had their struggles. Um, I didn't think they were going to be honestly as bad as they as I bad agree. as they've been this year. Uh, but you know what I think hurt them was when Jossie Zardes left to go and go on Gold Cup duty. They just seemed to f- they were kind of teetering between maybe being a playoff team and not at that point. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he left and they just they fell off the wagon. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit later in the week and. This Atlanta United team has just been on fire. It doesn't Ooh. matter if, if they're home Ooh. or they're or they're on the road right now. They continue to climb up in the Eastern Conference table. So they have to go make a short trip down to Orlando to take on Orlando City. But I don't Ooh. think Orla- I don't I don't think Orlando City can match up with them. Uh, so I will call it a two-one win for Atlanta United in Orlando. I like that, man. Uh, I didn't, I, you know, you're, you're going, I like it cause you're going on a limb here. You're taking a road team for, for a W it's no easy, uh, no easy feat in major league soccer. Well, um, yeah. We'll go yeah. back and check the tape. I think yeah. you said if you pick a road win, that's an, that's extra points, isn't it? Yeah, didn't you say that a couple, yeah, check, a couple weeks ago? Go check we the will, tape. We'll, we'll check the bylaws and we'll make an adjust, <laughs> adjustment for next season is what we'll do. Is what we'll do. <laughs> Uh, where, where do, where do we catch you this weekend? You, uh, oh, you're going to be out and about, yeah. right? Yeah. I got a little work in uh, Vegas. I take off for tomorrow and then Friday fly to Cincy to, uh, call the game, uh, with Fox, uh, as Cincy hosts Columbus on FS1 at, uh, 3 PM Pacific time. Um, be calling that game with JP Della Camera. Uh, so that'd be my first call with him. Obviously he's a broadcasting legend. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, it's rivalry week. So, uh, that, uh, the, apparently that, that game is going to meet a lot for both of those teams. Cause they're both, both on the basement of the league. 
a, a sun that's a Sunday game and part of I think it's going to be a triple header uh, on FS1 for all those games. But I, w- I, w- I would say this to you. Uh, do us a favor since you're going to be out there in Cincy. Uh, let's let's get the Instagram stories going so we can follow oh, along and see and see I want you know because I want to see that stadium I want to see some of the fans yeah. Yeah. and of course I want to see I want to see Fired JP he is a, yeah. he is a broadcasting legend all right so yeah. that's a three o'clock start time here on the West Coast which I think Cincinnati is East Coast time if I'm not if I'm not mistaken so that'd be what about six o'clock out there on the East Coast if my math is correct well if your math's correct that's above my pay grade right there buddy <laughs> at least you're honest at least you're honest. Uh, I will be uh, at Bank of California Stadium, taking in this uh, El Tráfico, and Whoa. so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think LAFC has something special going here, and not just season long, but I think this weekend, I think these players know how much they need to get over on this one because you can be the best team in the league, but if you still can't beat that crosstown rival yeah. through two through two years of playing them, this will be the fifth time that they play each other. Um, then that, that's really, really going to sting if you can't get a result, especially at home inside the bank. So Stinger. Uh, stinger is right. Stinger is right. Uh, until then, for DK, Rogo, the rest of the uh, Believe Sports podcast team, make it a great weekend. Everybody stay safe. Enjoy the games. And uh, tell your friends to get in on the action. Join us here. Subscribe to the podcast every week uh, right here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Adios. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.